I'm Joyce Hornady. You might say accuracy is my business. I make bullets. You are listening to the Hornady Podcast. Thanks for joining us and enjoy the show. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Hornady Podcast. I'm your host, Seth Swerzik, and I'm joined today by the other guys in the group that make this podcast possible. To my left, Judge Jerzinka, across the table, Preston Lentford. Guys, thanks for coming on the show. Hey, good to be back on. Hi, how are you? Hi, how are you? Now, I, I do mean that, that this is the crew that makes the podcast happen. I really don't do anything other than run my suck here, but you guys, from being involved in the podcast, coming up with topics, interviewing guests, doing all that, and then everything behind the scenes, the cameras, editing, uh, all the stuff that, that gets this thing uploaded into the into the interwebs, um, that's really you guys. And so we, as a as a group... Uh, appreciate all you guys do for us, you know, as a marketing team, as a company, and as just an end user, I enjoy listening to our podcast as well. So thanks guys. Yeah, it's, it's actually pretty fun. Uh, got, got no qualms with it whatsoever. And we, it's a great way to get information out that you may not typically get out, you know, or there's no easy way to do it. The podcast is a, is a, is a great way yeah. to get those deep dives. Yep. Nice long form stuff where you can really go in depth and, and learn a lot. And, uh, I think a Judd, when I think about this is, you know, when I say learning a lot in doing this and kind of hosting the show, we've had the opportunity to have some really amazing guests on. And, you know, uh, I look back at like, uh, Jeff Nimnick, for example, I learned so much from that guy because Judd was pencil and paper. All right. I got a coyote problem at my house <laughs> yeah. and here, what do I need to do to take care of this kind of thing? And it's been really cool to, to be a part of that and, uh, and to learn a lot as the host, cause it's. I think we could all agree doing this podcast was significantly more work than we anticipated it would be. I can second that. Yeah. Preston, I'm sure you can. And and like you said, Seth, or or I'm gonna disagree with you. You know, you bring the conversation, the talking points, you know, you bring a lot to the table on Preston's side, because he's primarily the editor. I hope everybody appreciates the the quality edit and the quality sound. Preston, you are a, a stickler for quality audio. So Take good pride in, in I, good sound. I, I hope everybody uh, appreciates that. But yeah, it, it's been a it's been a big undertaking. But I think I hope it's uh, been enjoyed. And you know, from some of the numbers that we have, you know, we think it's doing okay. So. Yeah, yeah. And this is kind of a hey, this is the end of season one, one year of the Hornady podcast or close right to. now. Yeah, uh, we've done fifty two. Uh, episodes, full episodes with a couple of bonuses in there. Mm-hmm. And we just want to say thank you to the listener for tuning in and, and commenting and being a part of the community. And then also, I think we want some feedback from yeah. you too. The interaction is, has been great to see and it's been steadily increasing and increasing and increasing to the point where now it's like, yeah, we're getting some good feedback with with plenty of engagement and we're getting ideas and topics and suggestions. So that's pretty awesome. Now, before we get into that because that's where I want to spend a bunch of time on this show. I can't continue to talk about anything uh, before we address the fact that this is the last episode of season one, and it's tomorrow's. You know, correction. Yeah, this is the first episode of season two. Now I'm all messed up. <laughs> all right. So as the first episode of season two, we are still in the year of 2022, and there is still some hunting going on. Yeah, all over the country, and right here at home. 
Yeah, one day left. One day for, left. For you buck hunters in Nebraska. For the buck hunters in Nebraska and any other late season stuff going on, get out there with the old smoke pole. Uh, I just got back from a hunt yesterday here in Nebraska. Unsuccessful. Had the boar driver ELDX out there. Unsuccessful in the fact that well, nothing was harvested. Unsuccessful but. in that, yeah, the tag went unnotched, and that's my last hunt for the year. I saw all the deer. I mean, in the evening alone, from the hours of about 3 to 5 p.m., saw over 50 different deer, and uh, that was amazing. Saw two bald eagles, coyotes, 100 turkeys. I mean, it was just a great day to be in the woods. Yep. Big, fat, wet snowflakes. Then the sun came out. It was just gorgeous so that's what you dream of with the late season huh? oh my gosh and the animals when that sun came out about four o'clock you want to talk about coming out of the woodwork there was stuff pouring out i my head hurt i was spinning around in circles trying to keep track of oh there's a new one over there what's that it was just it was great so uh, before we continue on i want to hear if there's any any last minute stuff because guy over here he's been known to be the new year's buck <laughs> slash consume a great amount of deer throughout the year. Yeah, yeah. you have an so obligation. You might now. have some catching up to do. I don't yeah. know. Yeah, Judd, what's what's your? Yeah, I've had a slow a slow deer season. I guess I would say as far as harvest goes. Uh, just had a busy year. Ended up getting married in the middle of the hunting season, and I'm still but, sore from uh, polka dancing. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. true. It was. I'm a party. sorry for other reasons, but that was a great party. <laughs> yeah, it was a party. So anyway, that took a lot of time, so I wasn't able to get out much. So. Yeah, we're looking to do, Courtney and I are looking to do some catching up yeah. here. Well, uh, your darling bride took the biggest doe I've ever seen in my life yeah, here. Yeah, so uh, this last Monday, which was, I guess, the Christmas weekend, we had Monday off from work. So uh, Courtney herself actually got permission on a new piece of ground. All She did it all herself, so that was pretty cool too. So she was archery hunting it a little bit and yeah, just not having much luck, not, not being able to get close enough. So... That Monday, we switched over, took the, took the muzzle loader out, and man, the place is loaded with deer. And uh, it was a picked bean field, which was kind of surprising for me. You know, if I had my option, I'm sitting over a picked cornfield mm -hmm. right Especially now. Especially with the but, weather we had. Yeah, exactly. And it was cold. Uh, but I think this place, it's, it's just kind of secluded. There's not much pressure. Uh, the family hunts it during the rifle season. So for the last handful of weeks, it's been untouched. So the deer were piled in there and they're using that picked bean field, which was kind of wild. But, uh, yeah, we had, we had an opportunity at a first group that walked by us. And as you were mentioning, Seth, you kind of seem to find that, you know, my experience hunting the late season, it's, you're finding the deer and it's a group of deer or you're not seeing anything because yeah, they're, they're, they're kind of yeah. herded up. So. Yeah, we we were in the spot because we had one group work by us, and it just for whatever reason those deer wanted to be in the center of the field, so they'd come out on the edge and they were on a mission, probably making their way out. You know, well they, they really weren't, and that's oh. what I expected them to do. So they'd give us a well, shot. No, I mean they probably ate, oh, and then now there's nothing saying. here. We're going out further. Yeah, that that's a good option or a, a, an option that could have happened. But yeah, anyway, they were boogieing like on a mission to get to the middle. So. And we were in a blind, which was another perk. This this place has already had has blinds on it, so we were able to hunt out of an elevated blind. But the issue of that, I'm just maybe it's because I don't have much experience from blind hunting, but I don't really like it. Because so where they came out, we were in one window, 
okay, and then they start making their way. Well, now we got to pull the tripod over and pull the, the muzzleloader back in and out this one, you know, switching windows. And by the time we would get set, they would be to the next window. So then you'd have to, I don't know, that, that was kind of a struggle. I'm sure there's, you know, have I done it more? You know, maybe we'd have been able to pull off that first shot. Anyway. Could have mapped them. Yeah. Mapped. And, and yeah, and you, we probably could have, but. Yeah, anyway, it just didn't work out on that first group. Lucky enough, the the deer were just in there. So that group of like eight deer moved on, and it wasn't two minutes. Here comes another wave. So, yeah, we were were fortunate to be in a good spot. And uh, there was this one doe in there that, you know, we knew she was big. Looked like a small elk. Well, yeah, but so that first group, they were kind of all the same size. So we were trying to pick out, and that was probably an issue too. We were trying to pick out, okay, which one's the biggest one? Let's go for that one. And, you know, they were kind of mixing around and you lose which one you were looking at. This doe on that second group, you never lost her. It was a no brainer. She, she was yeah. bigger than the rest. So she was easy to keep our eye on and probably why uh, we were successful. But anyway, yeah, it was a 77 yard shot with a muzzle loader with the new board driver ELDX. So, and it was kind of one of those things. I wasn't, our communication was off a little bit. I wasn't expecting her to shoot exactly when she did. So I kind of panned with my binos back over the whole group because the buck season was still open. Mm-hmm. So we were going in, we wanted a doe, but if there was a buck to show up, you know, maybe we'd switch our targets and go after the buck. So I, that was my thought process. I kind of panned with my binos back to the edge of the woods mm-hmm. thinking maybe a buck was coming. And as I was panning back onto that big doe, kaboosh! Let and, him have yeah, it. and it scared the crap out of me, but luckily I was on it and I saw the doe, even through the smoke and the muzzle loader, she barreled down and kind of bulldozed for a couple steps and then stood up and just trotted into the edge of the timber. But you could easily tell she was, she hit was hard. hit. And anyway, we, we tracked her, found blood, tracked her to the edge of the trees and she wasn't eight yards into the edge of the trees. Wow. And then we walk up to her. Holy cow. She was just huge. I mean, she had a big head, her hair was long, so she was fluffy, and just her, her stomach area, her, her torso, her everything was just huge and kind of blubbery, for yeah. lack of a better She's term. She's a good breeder. She, yeah, she was, she was huge. But back to the board driver, ELDX, that was the first hunt that I've been on with that new bullet, and holy cow, did that thing do some damage. Yeah. So, and it, we lucked out. Her shot placement was... Maybe a, a touch back, but still in, in lungs and, and kind of high. So it didn't really ruin any meat, but holy cow. The punk punched through one rib on the front side and the back side, it blew a hole. Bigger than a golf ball. Yeah, bigger than a golf yeah. ball. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, she was she was toast. Uh, and that's a testament to the to just the design process of it or the design of it. A lot of muzzleloader bullets at that distance, at that speed, they're not exiting. No, no, they like turn inside board drivers out. do. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah. It was it was gone. Yeah. But yeah, that's true. I guess I didn't think about that because we've talked about like Ryan Damon on the Antelope. He took a, a farther shot, and I don't know if we've heard of anybody a hundred yards in. So this well, the original board driver, you shot ninety-eight or hundred two. Oh yeah, you never forget a number. I think it's one of But that one was was in and out too, with yeah. you know pretty good velocity going behind it, and uh, yeah. you know some of the the stuff I used before I worked here. You're not getting an exit no. at that distance. They fold right inside yep. out yeah. in a in a hurry. So I want to say one more thing. I'm stuck on the board driver ELDX now, but the thing that really jumped out about on that bullet 
compared to, and I shot the Board Driver FTX and it was similar, but it just hit me again loading that thing. It loaded nice easy. so easy. Holy cow. So yeah, that, that was, I was blown away by that. That was the first time I actually loaded them in my muzzle loader. And it was, I almost wasn't I about sent yeah. it through. So yeah, it, it loaded so easy. And then I shot, so we, we checked the gun before we went, shot three shots. So I loaded the fourth shot right when we got out of the pickup to walk to the stand. And even that fourth shot after shooting it three times, zip right yeah. down. So that sucker loaded so easy. Yeah. Well, we've got one day left to season and you're going back out. So, yeah, we're kind of, <laughs> I was just talking to you guys on the way out here, you know, Courtney got permission on this new spot and I kind of have a spot that I've hunted for years now. Put a lot of work into. And two years ago, I pulled off the New Year's Eve buck on a cornfield and just so happens this year, the crop rotation is back to that same field. And uh, I do have a trail camera out there that's been picking up some deer, but I hunt this property with a buddy of mine and he's been watching that field every evening it seems like he's yeah. out there and it's filling up with deer so it could the, be time if the stars aligned but I, i've only got one muzzle loader and courtney wants to take one too so i might have to uh hey, we got to a grab one here from the shop it just so happens the muzzle loader i took yesterday uh what is it uh traditions pursuit traditions pursuit uh it's ready to go it's dialed in i've got your drops i've got powder preloaded i mean i've got it ready to go it's turnkey for you to go get a new year's yeah. eve buck that'll yeah. be awesome we'll be cheering for you because i think i mean hey that field's filling up it's back to corn the stars are aligned saturn's blocking jupiter your brow chakra is you know just it's, things are going great yeah well <laughs> the only kicker will be i don't know if i can hold out for a buck because like i said we we usually like to have four ish deer, deer in the in the freezer going uh into the spring so or or late winter i guess so, yeah, the doe will be out there at last light too. Yeah, I exactly. Promise. That's true. But yeah, so the, the way I, I hunt this property and it's right on two different deer hunting units and it's right on the line. So where I have to go on the north side, I actually don't have an antlerless tag. Oh, it's got to be buck. So where the deer are piling out, I I, I can't shoot a doe after Saturday. Mm-hmm. So that muzzleloader tag which is a, a buck or an antlerless tag it might turn into an antlerless tag pretty quick because otherwise I, i'm done where mm-hmm. the deer are coming out where i hunt south of that is beans and for whatever reason you know I, that place in the other place courtney's hunting they were hammering the beans this place that isn't true so it's been a ghost town where the beans are mm-hmm. where i have an antlerless tag yeah. so yeah we'll see what happens on uh, saturday night I'll at a minimum you though you're getting out you're not letting, yeah, the New Year's Eve festivities get to you. You're getting more time in the field and just being out there. It's cold. The animals are moving. The squirrels are all bloated up. You got. It's just fun to be out there and see the woods. Preston, you got a day left to season as well. What's going on? Yeah, I may go out. You may go out. We'll see. We'll see. Any um, game plan? Not really. I've had a pretty decent fall. You know, I shot two antelope, one in Nebraska, one in Wyoming. My favorite game meat. Uh, it's way, I may get some flack for this. I already have. Not for me, you won't. No, but it's way better than elk. Of course. So I got, uh, two, two antelope and then I shot one buck during rifle season. Pretty decent little kind of, again, where I hunt down there, I shoot weird deer and this is kind of a weird deer, but, yeah. uh, yeah, I don't necessarily need the meat, but I may just 
go out for posterity's sake. Yeah. Is that the right word? Uh, it, yeah. Posterity is doing something uh, for your lineage, if you will, to like. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. So you want your kids so to just, know that, hey, at the last day of season, dad better, was out you there. You better be out there. Yeah. yeah. So I might. Um, um, yeah, we'll see. Awesome. Well, I, I wish you guys the best of luck. If nothing else, it's fun just being out there. Yeah, yeah, it is. And that's a good way to lead into, you know, season one or season two, episode one is kind of a year in review. Well, this is also a year in review of us hunting and uh, kind of recapping how our years went. And then, you know, we still got a day left of season. And this is how it's ending. So now switching gears here to, uh, you know, the podcast. So that season one, we really had no idea what we were doing, which in hindsight, watching some of those, pretty evident. But either way, well, we <laughs> well were just... as far as like topics go, yeah, you know, yeah that's what I meant. Yeah. Trying to find a path, you know, it, it seems like I think where we're getting with this is what do people want to hear? Initially, we shot, you know, we did interviews with this person, we did interviews with this person. We'd talk about our hunting trip. We'd talk about a new product. You know, we we were all over the board, which maybe is something cast we a still... wide net. Yeah, as we you did. might say. Well, that's kind of how we started, but you know, is that going to yeah. be different for season two here? I think it. I think it is because I think we learned what you, the listener, actually want to hear. And you know, the first couple episodes, you know, we're employed at Hornady Manufacturing. Well, there are people whose last name is Hornady that own this company, and so we felt kind of a almost an obligation, but but it was more than that, to, to interview those guys, to get a good look behind the curtain with Jason and Steve Hornady. And that was episode one and two. And when I look back at our, you know, my favorite episodes, I have to say those two were right up towards the top because as an employee-employer relationship, you don't always get to see the personal level of the president and vice president of the company. And they were, they were great guests on the show because they did open up they yeah, gave and i don't us, i don't want to prop you up too much but you did a great job interviewing them they you gave them questions that they've never had before in an interview sure you know what i'm saying yeah. so that that was really cool too yeah and those episodes from a popularity standpoint they've they've got a ton of traction um and it could be just because people are finding the show and they start with episode one and two maybe i don't know but i feel like that was a good way to start the show uh, and i really enjoyed doing it and as it progressed, we tried, like you said, casting a wide net. We started interviewing, you know, some shooting sports celebrities. You know, we had Chad Mendez on, for example, and just getting a bunch of notable names in the industry. And those went well. Uh, but I feel like we really found the niche of what you, the listener, want to hear. And that was with product-specific podcasts, product-specific deep dives. Yeah. And and some, some really, really Honestly, to me, it was quite astonishing numbers of the views on YouTube, maybe not listens of podcasts. The The stats for the podcast are pretty even keel, but the views on YouTube is where things kind of separate. And six arc was huge. Seven millimeter PRC obviously was huge. Yeah. 300 PRC, you know, stuff like that. Um, and we've, I mean, there's some low hanging fruit that we've not done yet. Yeah, we will. Well. But so, talking about yeah. those specific podcasts. Our top five podcasts on YouTube in random order, six arc, six, five PRC, seven PRC, the CX bullet and the 300 PRC. Yep. Um, so that's what you guys are interested in seeing the technical and the science side and the why behind the design really resonated well. And if that's something you still want more of, you got to let us know, you know, I mean, the, the, 
the data seems to indicate that, but we want to know about it. So yeah, drop a comment, drop send a us comment. an email. Yep. Shoot us an email, podcast at hornerd.com. Yep. Uh, yeah. Well, I mean that, just to throw this in also, you know, we may not com- have the time to comment back. You know, we try to get to as many comments as we possibly can, but again, aside from the podcast, we kind of all have our own yeah. other jobs to do, yeah. let alone monitor the comments and answer comments. So we do our best, uh, but we do see most see all, all, all the comments. Yeah. So yeah. I- any comment you guys post, you know, we'll, we'll take any kind of feedback into consideration and, and try to get a better product out. Yeah, that's, that's definitely true. Um, and I think we, we kind of found our rhythm here as we began this series again, what we're affectionately referring to as Quinlan's Corner, but we kind of took a broad look at the study of ballistics, and we started really early with the history of ballistics, and we kept paring that down and paring that down and diving deeper and deeper and deeper into things, and then now we've really culminated that with our sample size podcast, our Ford Off podcast, Um, and we took a lot of feedback from each episode and used it to, to form the next episode of, you know, throughout that study. Yeah, that really and helped big time. It really did. I think, yeah. you know, getting the feedback and answering questions that people actually had rather than giving them information that they maybe didn't want, we were able to tailor that. So I feel like throughout that ballistic study, we were able to consciously manipulate the the stuff we were putting out that so that it catered to what you actually wanted to hear as the listener. And that, that study of ballistics, man, every single episode hit really, really well. The numbers were were great on every one of those episodes. Yeah, and we got some really smart cookies here. I mean, I'm not trying to toot our own horn, but Jaden Quinlan, Miles, and engineering, Jacob, and ballistics, you know, these Joe. guys, I mean, yeah, these guys are living it. And it seems like some listeners, some viewers, some commenters are a little bit closed-minded, but as you alluded to in the last podcast, if you don't gain one thing from listening to this or watching this, it's that, we're passionate shooters and hunters, and that's why we're doing it. We're not doing it to sell something. We don't make something just to sell it. Right. We don't do that. We make something to use it. <laughs> so that we can use it. Yeah. So, like, we're not trying to force anything upon anybody. Um, it's not a marketing scheme. We're just, this is some stuff that they've tried, mm-hmm. and we're just putting it out there. Yeah. I Feel think free to take it however you want. I've put this out. Uh, I was getting interviewed for a magazine article. I forget exactly what the topic was, but I, I told the guy, uh, yes, you know, Hornady has a marketing team to market our products, just like almost every other company in existence. I don't care how many magicians are on a marketing team, though. You can't prop up a product that doesn't stand on its own. Yep. And, and if you can, you can only do it for so long. So we're trying to make products that we want to use. A, a great example of that, the 190CX bullet. That bullet specifically was one of the first ones when Jaden and I and the rest of the team were working on the CX, or what turned out to be the CX project, was like, well, I shoot a 300 PRC. This isn't me talking, but just kind of the collective group of the ballistic development group. You know, shoot a 300 PRC, I'd love to shoot a monolithic bullet, but drag characteristics just kind of rule it out for me. Uh, What if we make one that's similarly shaped to a really heavy match bullet? Well, if we put two candlers on it, you know, maybe we could put one on there and get that, get some of that drag back. So we were developing a product that we wanted to hunt with that turns out, you know, most people want to hunt with as well. And again, yeah, we've hit on it a lot, but man, 
we're here because we want to be. We're here because we're trying to develop products that we want to hunt. And we want to talk about stuff on the podcast that you actually want to hear. So, like I said, the deep dives into specific products, cartridges, bullets, etc. That seems to do really well. And along with the study of ballistics, um, you know, one of the most popular ballistics podcasts was actually internal ballistics, which is interesting. I thought about that for a while. And my conclusion is there's really no source of information on internal ballistics that's modern and up to date and sure. actually, you know, true. You know, where do you go to get internal ballistics information? If you're not in the industry, if you don't have this, you know, the piezoelectric pressure reading equipment, where do you get that? Yeah. And what's amazing is like powder in the last, since I've started at Hornady seven years ago, how many different new powders and technologies are we seeing in that? It's great. And nobody's, nobody's really writing about it. Nobody's doing deep dives on it, but mm-hmm. at least we can open the curtain a little bit. Yep. Yep. Peel it back. So after talking about that, I want to, I want to ask you guys, before we talk about what's in the future for Hornady podcast, looking back on the Hornady podcast, are there notable shows that you either listened to, edited, or participated in that stand out to you as what was your personal favorite? Not that was best for the viewer or the listener, but on an individual note, when you look back, like, wow, I'm glad I was a part of that one, or that was really cool or interesting. What jumps out to you guys? I'll, I'll run with it. So yeah. I've got a couple. I've got, and, and you kind of hit on it, but the, the Jeff Nimnick uh, episode, because that, I mean, that that was me asking him personal questions that I wanted to know mm-hmm. uh, to, to better my coyote hunting, my coyote calling. So that one really stuck out with me. But the the one that I still really like, and it may not have been one of the more popular ones, but just being a Hornady employee and being around these guys was with Mike Jensen and Lowell Hawthorne. Just yeah. knowing those guys and being around them. Those guys are so cool and so knowledgeable, and I just enjoy being around those guys. So that episode with those two. And hearing their old stories yeah. from way back in the beginning. Yeah. Well, not the beginning, but well, they the beginning with for them. Joyce Hornady. Yeah. 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 So, so that one is still my favorite because now since Lowell has retired yeah. and uh, Mike Jensen, I believe, still hanging on. Oh, but yeah, I don't he won't know, retire until he going, gets old. He'll probably <laughs> kick him out. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> till he gets old. Yeah. You got to say the one line about Mike Jensen. And and I can't remember which episode it was, but it was probably the first 10 or 15. Oh, Mike, uh, anyway. We can look. See if you look that up. Give uh, give Mike Jensen's line about whitetail hunting. Oh, yeah. Because he's, he's a western mule deer yeah, hunter. So. And, and I'm a whitetail guy, and I still laugh at this because it it's true, and it's, it's funny. Yeah, so Mike Jensen... Uh, just grew up and as a, as a young man doing fun, adventurous stuff, racing dirt bikes and doing that kind of thing. And then he got, you know, he's hunting the Sandhills and he's hunting Colorado and Wyoming and Utah. And now he's going to Alaska and he's hunting bears and, and mountain goats and, and just all kinds of crazy adventurous stuff and talking about uh, sitting in a tree stand hunting whitetail. Now, Whitey that is 60, I don't know, is a seven, eight, yeah. something like that. Maybe not that old, 66. Yeah. So you're Old enough some, to retire. Yeah. But. Yeah, talking to you about whitetail hunting and, you know, Judd's getting jacked up or whatever and, uh, you know, sitting in a tree stand and, and Whitey's like, yeah, yeah, maybe I'll do that when I get old one day. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, it was so funny. Yeah, so here's Judd in his prime getting pumped up, 
Does, hunting them and not to discredit that because you that there's an, an immense amount of challenge in what yeah. you do uh but yeah here's judd in his prime 30 years old and here's you know mike past retirement age yeah maybe i'll sit in a tree stand when i get old I <laughs> yeah and he still hasn't done it so no. i don't know when that's coming he's okay. a very uh yeah very interesting man what what i love about those guys and i'm not sure if it came through in the podcast or not but i'm sure we touched on it was how much knowledge they have and how well they transfer that knowledge to other people and how willing they are to do that and just the culture and the the conversation and these guys are just gentlemen all the way around they're a man's man and they're they're just awesome guys so that i didn't even think about that judd but that's episode 10 if you've not listened to it go back and listen to it or watch it on youtube that's a fantastic episode it is they had their hand in so many cool things like the xtp bullet and and you know whitey helped making the interlock ring and since the late 70s they've been here yeah so just yeah they've had their hands in a lot of cool projects Mm -hmm. and that that is a great episode judd great episode thanks for bringing that one up (laughs) yep uh if i had to pick um ever since i started here you sucked me down this rabbit hole of long range. So the easy answer is any Quinlan's corner episode. I'm yeah. a big fan of, and it, you know, it's something that I really, really enjoy watching as I edit. And like, I'll even, even though I watch it and I was here when it was filmed, I'll still go back and listen to those. I do the same. But if I had to say one, it's going to be episode 41, uh, which is product development, covert and overt. Yeah, And I really like that stuff because it, it kind of gives you a behind the scenes, you know, and, and that's something we're not big. We're, we're a bigger company, but we're a small company at the same time. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Like w- we have a big footprint, but we don't have a big foot. Yeah. Thank you. Yep. I appreciate that. So getting to see behind the curtains a little bit and talking about specific projects and stuff and how it was reacted to by, you know, the people down the hall and. It's just, it's just cool. I I like that one. That was a neat podcast because we did, we had a full table. Yeah. There was five people here. We sucked this back out and you were over here. You're king of the king of the castle. Marketing director, engineering director, (laughs) assistant director of engineering. Uh, Who else was on that Jason. Yeah. Jason Hornady himself. Uh, Yeah. It was just a, that was a cool, a cool podcast to talk about how things get developed because I feel like some people assume that because of our, the size of our footprint, you know, we have a product development board and, you know, we're running ideas up the chain and there's and, a and, specific product development laboratory within yeah. the unlimited amount of money, you know, and, just, and in reality is a lot of the new products are just like, this is really cool. I want to pursue this a little bit further. Are you cool if I run this uh, to ground? Yep. Have at it. And yeah. next thing you know, we're developing cool stuff. Yep. Or you don't even really ask it and you just present of yeah. product. <laughs> yeah or you ask and they say nah no and you kind of do it anyway and then next thing you know it's a super successful product yeah it's yeah. kind of cool how that worked out and it was great to get jason on you know that's yeah. uh as the listener out there if you guys want more involvement from jason and steve obviously they've got a very busy schedule and it's kind of tough to make things line up however if you want to hear more out of those guys let us know because you know, they're still employees too. And, and they still got some cool stuff to talk about. And if you want more of them. Oh, they're more than willing. Yeah, yeah they really are. And, and it just takes, you know, Flip us it coordinating it. Yeah. Yep. So let us know if you want more out of the upper echelons of management. How about you? Host with the most. The host know? with the most. What, what was your 
favorite one to do. I mean, Ooh. so we've got Jason and Steve, like I mentioned that, that, that was just cool. Uh, again, you know, I, Jason probably has a little bit more of an active involvement with the rest of the managers within the company. Sure. So I have more experience just being around him and whatever, but doing his uh, interview was, was really interesting. I learned a lot uh, about his background and stuff. But honestly, I think the, the Steve Hornady one, where I have really no, you know, I know him, you know, and I know the basic story of how things came to be, but I didn't know he was a cowboy. Yeah. yeah. You're right. Me like, neither. In, in the sense of the word that he was, yeah, putting up hay for the winter and branding calves and, and doing all kinds of crazy stuff out in, in Montana. I didn't know any of that. And uh, it was neat getting that insight from him. And I think it uh, made me more appreciative of the company as a whole, uh, seeing how many different times that this company could have taken a different route, but it didn't. And uh, you know, steered and stayed on course. Yeah. And, yeah. Uh, yeah made me proud to work here and, and proud to say that, you know, he's the president of the company. So that was cool to get that insight. Um, looking back on other episodes that I think are, that I had the most fun being in, they've all been fun. Yeah, I'll say that much. Like this is as much of a job as anything else, but it's always fun. I always end up taking my headset off going like, holy cow, it's like stepped in a time vacuum. How did that take that long? Yeah. And, you know, I learned a lot and we were, we're talking about it as we're driving back to the office or whatever. But I think taking the deep dives into product specific stuff uh, is cool. I think for me personally, the 7PRC podcast was probably my favorite, not because of the, of the actual meat and potatoes of the podcast, but it was really neat for me to see the early development of that cartridge and doing the, you know, the initial load work and, and playing around with that cartridge and being, you know, one of the first to have my hands on it years ago and help with the design process. And then to see it transition into, okay, it got the green light to be a new product. And then I had changed roles within the company and, and now I'm helping to get this product off the ground. And I met with every single rifle builder and manufacturer that was going to chamber that rifle before it was officially launched and, and could talk, speak to the cartridge's merits. And I sent out care packages to everybody that wanted to build a gun, uh, that, that they could start building guns and, and start testing and then to do the initial marketing efforts and then to see it be such a out of the gate success. That was really cool for me. And then, so to summarize all that in the podcast, looking back on it, this is of the products that I helped work on when I was doing R&D with Jaden and the crew in the lab, that individual one was to me the, the coolest one to be a part of. And like I said, I think that's my, that's my Yeah, favorite. it's probably kind of cool to cram a bunch of inf information into roughly an hour, mm -hmm. knowing that you have dozens upon perhaps hundreds of hours vested in development and then the marketing of that. Yeah, that yep. That cartridge, which doesn't really need marketed. Um, no. I mean, there's still some people that don't understand what we do. And this is kind of a little tangent, but as far as cartridge design goes, we're we're not going to make the fastest trip down the strip kind of a no. cartridge. That's well, not our thing. We, we, we know the benefits of right. efficient case design and chamber geometry. It's just... Yep. And I think, again, tangentially to go down this rabbit hole, I... I have to assume 
that we haven't done a good enough job of explaining this to people, although this podcast has really helped. One thing we have to consider when we design a product is, it's a made up word, but I'm going to say manufacturability. We have to make this thing work. If we run, I don't know, pick a number, 500,000 rounds of of a given cartridge a year, and we run this cartridge for 20 years, well, how many millions of rounds are you going to make? We want one through however many million to all be the same if we can. We have to consider manufacturability, which is why we design cartridges the way we do. They're going to be forgivingly accurate. The design dimensions are specifically chosen to allow them to be accurate, consistent, balanced, all those things you want without sacrificing the external and terminal performance. Um, So a lot of people may appear closed-minded because they don't understand that. And then there are a lot of, you know, just kind of, older generation closed-minded folks that you know some giant cartridge with a lot of powder going real fast is is you know obviously the answer because look how much drop it doesn't have but right again completely tangential hey if if that works for them shoot it great yeah yeah, yeah. i'm I, what was my line i said on one of the episodes that uh look good shoot good type of thing yeah. like good shoot hey good, if, feel if, good. if i've got the confidence in it and that's what i like Great. Make it um, rain. Yep, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, so that was looking back. Maybe a little teasers going forward. Let's look a little forward here because there there are some, some big pieces of fruit just hanging on a branch like super, super they're, low. They're juicy, juicy fruit ripe for the picking. Yeah. Juicy fruit. <laughs> that we have not touched on yet. And We're going to. We're going to. Uh, most notably, we've got, got three products that i'm gonna i'm gonna call them that we need to do deep dive podcasts on and the reason we haven't done those podcasts yet and i'll name what they are with here in a second the reason we haven't done them though is i want the deck so unfairly stacked in our favor to give you the biggest picture possible the most high resolution picture of how and why um, that I don't, we don't want to prematurely go into this podcast and make it a good podcast because it'll do successful. I just, I just want to give the listener everything and yep. to do so we need one. We, there's a person we're waiting on and we will coordinate that and make it happen. But those topics are the 6.5 Creed more. Ever heard of it? One time I heard about <laughs> it. Uh, and I think it's a fad either way we need to do. Yeah, a, man, muns galore. Yeah. yeah, no, I'm just kidding. Six five Creedmoors are great. It's 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 great, and we need to do a, a deep dive into the history and the development of that because it's a pretty interesting story on how that yeah. came to be, and then how it came to be as our uh, boss says, the overnight success that took ten years. Yeah, and yeah. Uh, that that's just an an amazing product, and it's done so well for us. And uh, yeah, we will definitely address that with a deep dive. Following right up behind that is the ELDX ELD match bullets. And in my opinion, between the 6.5 Creedmoor and the ELDX ELD match bullets, that those two things, this is a, a weird thing to say, those two things single-handedly shaped the, the future of the company. Um, the 6.5 Creedmoor, obviously, and then the ELDX ELD match bullets. Such a ground-breaking you know, break or ground shaking breakthrough rather. Um, 
the development process, the discovery process, the use of the Doppler radar, what we learned on how to use the Doppler radar and how we apply that now. And those bullets, they keep the lights on here at Hornady. Yeah. We make ELDX, ELD match bullets. Like you, you couldn't count them. I mean, nonstop, multiple presses. Over and over. It's just nonstop. It's amazing. And those bullets have, like I said, really shaped the future of what Hornady has became uh, since their development. And then lastly, the A-tip match bullet. Yeah, a little behind the curtain on this podcast. It's recorded. The A-tip one? The A-tip's recorded. Yeah. Yep. We're just waiting we'll on some We kind of want to do it chronologically, so. Yep, so we're sitting on those. Uh, and as, as most people know, Dave Emery, you know, uh, a prolific name in the, in the outdoor shooting sports world, was our senior ballistic scientist. Uh, he started his career, I believe, in 1994. And he retired, I believe, in 2016, uh, maybe 17. Uh, and he had his hand in some huge product developments, huge. And uh, he has recently retired from his, his, his last role, and now he's officially retired. And now we'll be able to have a chance to get him. We didn't want to record this on Zoom. We didn't want to you know, have this one be remote. I want him sitting in that chair. Uh, so we can really tell these stories and get his specific insight with as good a quality as we can. So yep. uh, in short order, those those three are right at the top of the list. Do you guys have any future topics you want to address in season two? Well, I, I, I kind of want to take it back to the listener. We've got good traction. I think as far as podcast numbers go, we're in the upper echelon. Mm-hmm. And I don't like that word one bit now that I said it out loud, but. We're up there. We want to know what you guys want to hear so we can put it out there and you guys can listen more. I mean, that's why we're doing it. Exactly. Um, do have a comment out there for folks. If you're listening or watching this, but if you're listening on Spotify, would you like a video to watch on Spotify? Maybe we could make that happen. Mm. If it's no big deal, you just watch it on YouTube, fine. That's that's cool too, but leave a comment below or email us at podcast@hornady.com. Would that be of benefit to you all? Right on. Yeah, I'm I'm kind of in the same boat. I'd be interested in hearing what uh, what people out there would like. Uh, yeah, maybe there's even more cartridge stuff we could hit on. You know, dive well, into sure dive is. into yeah. some others. Oh yeah, two hundred four uh, Ruger, yeah. seventeen HMR. All I mean. 375 Ruger. Yeah. I mean, all those Ruger cartridges. Yeah. Well, a lot of those involve Dave. Dave Emery. Also, so, yeah. 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 I don't know. I'm, I'm, it seems like even with our videos we put out on YouTube, you know, I, I feel like, and I hope that, that people come to Hornady to learn. Mm-hmm. So I think that's kind of an, an avenue we found. And, you know, mm-hmm. I think we just keep on, uh, keep on hammering that. Yep. I would have to agree. I was going to say, Aside from those three topics, as as a more generalized answer, I hope season two, um, you know, I I hope we get you know notable guests and and you know some big names in the industry, and that's that's fun to do and stuff. But I really hope we can continue to educate, you know, with our ballistic study and the Ford off stuff and the sample size stuff like that. I've really enjoyed that whole process over the last several months now, and I I'm hoping like just like Judd said, I hope our listener are listeners are using the Hornady podcast as an educational tool. That's really what I want it to be, but I also want it to be what the listeners want. I, I hope those two things align. But the education side of things for me is is what I think this platform is really great at. Long form, in-depth, and uh, 
and interactive, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Throw it at us. Yeah. What do you want to learn about? We'll find an expert. Excellent. Yeah. Well, hey, that said, you know, you mentioned ways to comment and whatnot. This is our show season coming out. Coming Trade up shows. Here, so whether it's us at the booth or somebody yeah. else at Hornady, when you I'll hear this, at us. we'll be at the D- Dallas Safari Club. Um, yeah. After that shot show, we'll we'll be there. Yeah. yeah. And then after that, SCI. Yeah. So, yeah. It's NRA a good point, Judd. After that, so yeah. I mean, hey, if you're there and and have feedback or just want to chat, you know, either it's it's one of us will be there, or all of us, or somebody else from Hornady that would love to chat with you too. So come stop by and and say hello that's true that's a good point last year you know the podcast has gotten more popular every single month and then in some instances orders of magnitude bigger just like this amazing surge in popularity uh so last year um at the nra show you know we did some live recording podcasts and it was cool to you know to to do that and have people be able to interact with us you know, like, oh, that's cool. You know, I watch your guys' show every every week or whatever. That was just neat just to have people come up and appreciate the show. So, yeah, if you are at the shows, stop on by. You might actually see us recording because we plan on, you know, recording some, some content at those shows. So, yep, it's a great point, Judd. Well, with that, year one summary in review, looking to go to greener pastures in season two. Do you guys want to leave the listener with anything else? Make sure if you're watching this on YouTube, hit subscribe if if you yeah, would. It's free. You know, it's free. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and that's one thing that, you know, Hornady, we don't have to deal with sponsors. I mean, we got we got one big sponsor and, that, and that's all we have <laughs> yeah. to have to uh, deal with. Hey, so, I'm a sponsored shooter. You know, the, the subscribe, if nothing <laughs> else, of. or the like or the comment, you know, hey, it, it just motivates us even more to to do more, to do better. So, you know, if nothing else, hey, it gives us a little little fuel in the tank to, to keep her going. Yeah, because it, sometimes it's not easy. That's a good point. It's, man, we got all different schedules, and I'm traveling here, and he's traveling there, and somebody's got to coordinate this, and, you know, do we have this, and is Jaden available? And we seems like we're bootstrapping things together, and it's a lot of work sometimes. And so when we know that it's being well-received, it, it just helps us, you know, find that. Fuel the fire. Fuel the fire. Exactly. Yep. Excellent. Well, Preston, anything other than like, subscribe, comment, podcast at hornady.com. Tell a friend. Emails, tell a friend. Yep. Uh, yep. Excellent. Well, uh, with this, I hope you guys have uh, a great rest of the 2022, and we will catch you in 2023.